This is a podcast by The Straits Times. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. This is Asian Insider and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now, we've just had a very significant change of guard, even a radical change of guard, just a few blocks from where I sit in Washington, D.C. Inauguration Day was an interesting day, to say the least, and there was a lot of relief all around when it was over without any drama, of course, helped by the fact that there were 25,000 armed troops protecting the process. One part of President Joe Biden's speech touched on foreign policy. He spoke about the restoration of America's relationships. He, talks, he talked about repairs. He talked about leading again globally and leading by example and being a trusted partner. And later, White House spokesperson Jen Psaki spoke of regaining a seat at the global table and engaging with partners and allies. So here's my message to those beyond our borders. America has been tested and we've come out stronger for it. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again, not to meet yesterday's challenges, but today's and tomorrow's challenges. And we'll lead not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. We'll be a strong and trusted partner for peace, progress, and security. Well, two crucial allies in Asia are the Republic of Korea and Japan. And joining me today to share the view from where they sit are my colleagues in Tokyo and Seoul. Chang Mei-chun is the Straits Times correspondent in South Korea, and Walter Sim is the Straits Times correspondent in Japan. Thank you very much for joining us. And Mechun, if I may get straight to you without further ado, let me, how much interest was there in this drama in Washington, in Korea generally? Were people sort of glued to it? Were they following it? Hi, um, Namal. Yes, definitely. There's a lot of interest in what happens in Washington. Um, people are actually, I think, quite happy to see um, Joe Biden become the next president. And, you know, with, with, uh, with a new change in leadership comes new opportunities. Um, the previous four years, I think, have been uh, like a roller coaster ride. Uh, you know, not, not, not to mention, like, you know, with COVID coming into the picture. Uh, lots of changes and um, relations have been strained. So I think people are looking forward to, to relations getting back on um, and re resolving all the issues that, that uh, have not been resolved. For example, um, the but, uh, military burden uh, sharing, as well as um, the return of uh, wartime, wartime uh, operation control. So has there been an official, uh, there was an official reaction from uh, President Moon Jae-in, right? Uh, could you break yes. it down a little for us? What does South Korea really want from the new dispensation in D.C.? Mm. Mm. Okay, yes. Uh, President Moon tweeted this morning. Um, he, he, he congratulated uh, Biden on his inauguration. And then he said America is back and that this new beginning will make uh, democracy even greater. And then um, he, he also said that um, he expressed confidence in, in the path that the U.S. has been taking. And as an ally, they will continue to cooperate with the U.S. to keep the, penin the Korean Peninsula and the region peaceful and prosperous. And then he also used this term that has become like a 
tagline, we go together it's, uh, in Korean, Kachi Kapshida. This term was used by Biden when he wrote a uh, commentary or opinion op-ed for, for Yonhap News Agency much earlier. So I think there's this sense that uh, Korea wants to, to work closer together with the US, uh, wants to strengthen the, the alliance, and um, there are many issues at stake here. Um, South Korea under President uh, Moon Jae-in, uh, he, he is a lot more um, pro-engagement. He wants to engage with North Korea. That's why you see in the past four years, there's been a lot of effort to try to to uh, engage North Korea in talks, whether it's inter-Korean or, or he tried to become a mediator for, for talks with the US. And we saw progress. Yes, we did. We, we saw like, you know, a meeting between between uh, Kim Jong-un and um, the previous uh, President Donald Trump in Singapore. Um, but, but it stopped, you know, for the, for the past, since, since February 2019, right? There's been very, very little progress. Um, and I think the Moon Jae-in administration hopes that with a new U.S. administration, there will be changes. There will be, like, you know, a new momentum. Walter, basically the same question to you. I mean, unlike Korea, there were no threats to, me to take U.S. troops out unless Japan paid more and so forth. But, and yet, and of course, uh, you know, former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and Donald Trump got on famously. And, and played golf and were great friends and all that. And, you know, the saying goes that Shinzo Abe knew how to handle Donald Trump. But what about Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga? I mean, do you foresee a strengthening of the U.S.-Japan relationship now? What does Japan seek from Washington? Could you take us through that? Sure. Thanks, Nomo. Um, I, I think one very interesting thing about the relationship that former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe forged with, well, former President Donald Trump, is, 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 is in what a lot of Japanese experts and observers term personal diplomacy. And there are still question marks as to whether Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga, who himself is not very experienced in foreign policy, uh, able to build such a close relationship with uh, President Biden, um, I think that remains in the works. Um, Suga has made it known that he hopes to visit Washington for a face-to-face -face meeting with Biden as soon as possible. Um, some media reports floated the idea of, flying, of him flying to Washington in early February, right after the inauguration, but that seems unlikely given that Biden is preoccupied with a lot of domestic challenges. And uh, I, I think a date being floated now is in spring, possibly late March or early April. But I, I think there are still a lot of question marks to this relationship. One thing that Suga uh, hopes uh, the US would be able to work closely with Japan on a, a multilateral issues, be it climate change, uh, be it the free and open Indo-Pacific. And I think in these fronts, uh, Japan is heartened by the US return. But on the flip side, I, I think Japan was a little bit, well, disappointed in Trump's loss, to, to put it very crudely, in the sense that uh, Japan does see some good things out of Trump's foreign policy. Uh, in Trump's disruptive behavior towards meeting uh, North Korean chairman Kim Jong-un, that basically put a halt to missiles flying over Japanese territory. That was possibly the closest Japan has been in decades resolving the North Korean abduction issue. And so in Japan, that is actually seen as a plus. Um, as, well as, China, uh, as well as China policy, Trump was 
a lot more harsher on China than Obama ever was. And I, I think uh, Japan kind of sees uh, the US behavior on that front as kind of a balancing behavior in, in, as balancing the relations in East Asia. Uh, well, in a sense, it's confrontational, definitely. But yet, uh, J- uh, Japan hopes that the US can stand its ground against China uh, that is increasingly more assertive in, say, the Senkakus as well as in all sorts of uh, multilateral issues such as trade and climate change as well. So on that front, if um, the Biden administration is able to pursue as equally a hard line on China, I, I think Japan would be heartened. Um, there are other issues as well, for instance, host nation support that Japan does, uh, that, that uh, the Jap- that the that has been left in the air with the Trump administration. Uh, discussions are supposed to start last year, but I think they never really got underway after the election loss and whatnot. So I, I think it would be interesting to see uh, the direction that the US takes on these talks in the sense that Trump, as we all know, has been very harsh on wanting Japan to pay more troops, even if the US did not threaten a full withdrawal of US troops from Japanese territory. Um, well, Japan, of course, is reluctant to pay more, saying that it has already paid its fair share. And so I think that's something that is worth watching going forward as to uh, the kinds of military demands or the kinds of security alliance demands that the US has on Japan. Uh, one thing I think that Japan hopes the US can intervene is in the deteriorating ties with South Korea. We see Obama having played a very active role in, tra- in mediating between the two wartime enemies. Uh, and well, ties between Japan and South Korea have hit a new low in recent weeks over wartime labor as well as comfort women issues. And I think it remains to be seen really how much of a role Biden as well as his uh, pick for Secretary of State Anthony Blinken would do in mediating between the two sides. So Walter, has there been an, uh, there's been an official reaction, right, from the government of Japan? Could you tell us a bit about that? Yes, so Prime Minister Suga, just moments after Biden was inaugurated, wrote a tweet um, saying con- in English, saying congratulations to President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris on your inauguration. Japan and the United States are allies tied firmly by bonds and shared universal values. I look forward to working with you and your team to reinforce our alliance and to realize a free and open Indo-Pacific. Um, he also spoke to reporters at the Prime Minister's office this morning, uh, uh, in the morning after the inauguration. And uh, basically, he said that he hopes to work closely with Biden on such issues such as containing the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as on climate change. Meichun, what is Korea's view of uh, progressing on the issue with Japan? Is there any role the U.S. can play? Does Korea hope that the U.S. can play a, a role in that issue? The history issue keeps coming back. Um, in 2016, when they when they when they said that they settled the comfort woman issue and this final in, and irreversible agreement, but people don't accept it, especially the comfort women. So, uh, with the Moon Jae-in administration, they are trying to 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 find a solution. They're trying to like you know find find a solution that that the victims uh, would be happy with, um, but I think it's difficult and. Um, there's also the the wartime forced labor issue, um, but but the thing is, Moon Jae-in um, wants to improve relations with the U.S. and from there he he wants to he wants to kind of um, get his role of a mediator back 
he wants to mediate uh, relations between North Korea and the US. Again, as I said just now, he wants to leave a North Korea legacy. And in order to right. do that, there is uh, a certain motivation for him to want to improve relations with Japan because that would, uh, you know, uh, that would be what the US wants. So I see some kind of um, effort being made, like, you know, uh, the Moon administration is trying to, you know, extend an olive branch towards uh, Japan. They want to be able to talk more with Japan. They want to be able to, uh, you know, discuss the issues and see if they can find a diplomatic solution. Okay, Walter, uh, last question actually to you before we run out of time. What is the view from Japan of the U.S.-China relationship, which is now, it is obviously we all know it's you know become increasingly adversarial, um, and it is likely to remain adversarial in substance, although there'll be a huge change in terms of the rhetoric, the actual diplomacy, and uh, the Biden administration actually wants to work with China on um, certain aspects. What is Japan's view of? You know, what does Japan hope for from the U.S.-China relationship? Because that is seen as a crucial relationship across the region, right? Yes. Um, I, I think Japan hopes that U.S. and China could work together again on some issues, but also hopes on the, on the flip side, really, that the U.S. can continue to maintain its hard posture on China on other issues. So, um, so be it human rights, for instance, that's an, that's an issue that Japan has really been focusing on uh, in condemning, uh, well, maybe not condemning in such terms, but in protests, in issuing protests against China on its treatment on, say, Hong Kong, on the Uyghurs. So Japan has been relatively vocal on that, and Japan expects the U.S. to continue to push China on, on maintaining human rights on those issues. Um, but Japan also sees the U.S. as a uh, uh, as a check and balance on China, really, in terms of, say, trade, because in, in China being more assertive in areas such as its Belt and Road Initiative, as well as in global free trade, really, in, in say, uh, it's wanting to join the CPTPP, as well as with the RCEP already having been signed in the region, I, I think Japan hopes that the U.S. could play a larger role and be a more vocal uh, proponent for free trade mechanisms, for multilateralism going forward. But yet Japan is also aware that the US does not, and, and the Biden administration does not really have the political capital to do that right now. And so in, 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 in the void, in the vacuum of that, uh, I think Japan is trying to, on the other hand, also hedge and build closer relations with other middle power uh, uh, middle power countries like the United Kingdom in, into really uh, into really well reinforcing the need for multilateralism in this day and age. Um, as there's also the free and open Indo-Pacific and other mechanisms that uh, like Quad, which Japan hopes that US can uh, play a greater role going forward under the Biden administration. And I, I think Japan is hopeful that with Biden, the, uh, the the pivot to Asia under Obama would make a return. Okay, Walter Mei-Chun, thank you so much for your time today. Certainly with this transition in Washington, D.C., the U.S.'s alliances in Asia will be closely watched. Uh, what will be really watched in particular is which Asian leaders meet with President Joe Biden and whether President Biden 
travels to Asia in the near future, or perhaps uh, Vice President Kamala Harris or incoming Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirbal Ghosh. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.